hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have Christine Geshom sharing God's word with us today as we continue our Advent series. She encourages us to choose obedience to God in order to really bring heaven to earth in our lives. Hi church, it's a joy to bring God's word to you today. As you know, we've begun our Advent series and we're talking about how in Jesus heaven met earth. And um over the next few weeks we're going to be looking at how we can practically bring heaven into our earth. Of course, life just plain gets hard sometimes. Um things don't go our way. We have unexpected obstacles that we hit, hardships, uh sickness, setbacks, but the beauty of it is this that we are still capable because of jesus is coming to earth and his death and resurrection that we can still experience heaven on earth like they did that very first christmas um today we're going to be looking at how obedience brings heaven to earth i know for a fact that obedience is not a much loved word you ask our kids and they're probably going to grimace about it they're going to say oh that word again but obedience is such an important thing for the follower of christ because without it we really can't be called followers of christ if i'm not willing to obey christ how can i be called a follower of christ and so i believe that um there is an imperative on each one of us to obey um the lord that we worship and we're looking today at two very vital characters in the first christmas story we're looking at joseph and mary two ordinary young people with dreams and ambitions frailties weakness and god chose these two people for the highest calling on earth that is to parent jesus god in the flesh and it was no easy task it was not an easy calling but they took it up and they ran with it and and the beauty of this is uh, you know i i often think why mary and joseph out of all the young people alive in that time of all um the the young couples betrothed at that point of time why did he choose them and as i was preparing this week this thought just kind of dropped into my spirit i believe that god chose them because he knew that they would obey him he knew that the the ask was so great and he knew that they would just implicitly obey him and so i want to ask you today before we get into the word of god are you that kind of person are you that kind of a man or a woman who no matter what god asks you to do that you say yes lord here i am i'll obey you i'll go i'll do it That's what I want to ask you. And so as we get into the word of God today, we're going to be reading from two different gospels. We're going to be reading the narratives uh, surrounding Joseph and Mary, and we're just going to look closer at how we can imp- appropriate that kind of obedience into our lives. And I don't want you to get scared and think, "Oh my god, is God going to ask me to do something ridiculously out of this world?" Maybe not. It might just be to step out of that relationship you've been in that has been harmful to you. It could be just switching off all your social media and concentrating on him it could just be needing to be kinder to your spouse it could be just a simple act of obedience what is god been asking of you will you quieten yourself to ask god that lord what do you want me to obey you in where have i been disobedient so before we get in um to the actual passages um that describe that first nativity scene um i want us to just look at what the word uh, the greek word for obedience is and that is hupakoe and what it really means is submission to authority now all of us have a problem with that word if you were okay with obedience but when you hear submission you're probably going uh uh-uh, uh 
No, I don't want that. But obedience actually means submission to authority and it requires that we just obey unconditionally. It requires that we submit. And so with that being said, how many of us actually obey God because we are submitted to him? I find it personally hard because there's so many areas of my life that over the years I found have not submitted to him wholly. But as I get older, I'm realizing two things about God. That the first thing is that he's sovereign, which means he knows best. I do. I think I know what's best for me. I think I know what's best for my children. I think I know what's best for my husband, but he knows best. I don't. So he's sovereign, which demands my submission to him. And the second thing is that God is good, which means he does good. God is not evil. God is not wicked. In him, there dwells no darkness, which means whatever he does is good. So even when evil touches our lives, he can turn it around for good. He brings good out of it. So when I think of these two things, obedience becomes a little more easier because I remember that in everything he asks me, he's sovereign. He knows best and that he is good and he does good. So that helps shape my obedience. But you know, a lot of times there are these obstacles that keep us from obeying God. And what are some of these common obstacles? The first obstacle I believe is selfishness. I, like I said, I think I know best for myself. You know, God, I know what works best for me. I know what food agrees with me. I know what um, timings work for my children. I know what my husband needs. I forget that he was the one who gave me everything I have. And so often my world revolves around me and he's saying, stop. Does your world revolve around me? Because that's when obedience becomes easier. But that obstacle of selfishness is a real one. Sometimes there's another obstacle of dishonor. It's a trend right now with COVID and other, you know, epidemics and things and wars and or a threat of wars and all these things that are going around the world. It's very easy for certain people to say, you know what, this God can't be so good. He's a God who's allowing evil. He doesn't know what he's doing. So many good people died in the pandemic. And so invariably, they've shifted blame to God. They've said, you know what, God, you, you're not sovereign. You don't know what's happening. You don't know what you've done to people. You don't know how families have been ripped apart. And so what happened was obedience went out the window because honor and respect went out the window. We stopped looking as God, at God as someone who's worthy of our honor. And that's a huge problem because it will not allow us to obey someone who we do not honor. When there's disrespect, when there's dishonor, obedience is not something that follows up with it. The third problem I see is ignorance. We have no clue as to what God wants us to do. We say, I can't hear God. I've been asking him for certain things, but I don't hear him. I don't know what his will is. And here's what I would say. Simple ways in which to know what the will of God is for your life. If you're saying, I know I need to obey, but I don't know what he's telling me. There are three ways I have seen in my life that God actually reveals his will to me. Okay, The first thing is the nature of God. God is good, like I said, he's sovereign. He will never ask you to do something that is immoral or um, completely against moral codes. He will not do that. He will not ask you to do something that is wicked or evil because that is not in his character. So go by the nature of God. The more you study God's word, you'll understand who he is. He's just, he's righteous. He's a lover of the downtrodden, the broken. He will never ask you to harm another human. So obedience comes naturally. 
when you understand the nature of God. And so you know when he's asking you to do something, you will know if it's in line with who he is. The second way I find the will of God is when I read the word of God. This is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my path, which means when I am looking for direction, be it, you know, a change of job or an issue with my spouse or parenting crisis, when I get into the word of God for that day, the Holy Spirit uses the word to speak to me. This is my compass. And so when God asks you to do something, you can always double check it with the word of God and he will confirm it. If it is his will for you, he will confirm it through the word. This has happened to me time and again. So I know this, this is a proven fact. This is the word of God. It's the truth. It's alive and active. And the third thing, I believe the way that God confirms his will for your life is the peace of God. When you, when he asks you to do something and you step in obedience into that, if you have this supernatural peace that's just calming you down, giving you, you know, this feeling of, you know what, I can, you know, God's got this. That is an indicator of God being in it with you. On the other hand, if you're doing something, assuming it's the will of God and you lack peace, you just, you are like a tempest inside. That's usually an indicator that that's not God's will for your life. So three things, the nature of God, the word of God, and the peace of God. These are the ways in which we know the will of God for our lives. And therefore, obeying him becomes easy because now I'm starting to understand what he expects of me. It becomes that much more easier because I'm reading his word. So you see what I'm saying? That obedience, when we push down those barriers of self, of ignorance, of disrespect, and we say, you know what, Lord, you're sovereign. I will trust you because you know best. And that you are good and you do good. When I do that, I reestablish who God is, obedience becomes more readily available. I'm ready to obey him. So let's look at Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 21. And I just want to read, uh, this is about Joseph. And as we read it, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you specifically. Matthew 1, 18 to 21. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." Verses 24 and 25, when G Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. In this passage, we see how the Lord gives Joseph direction about his responsibility as a father. He was th threatening to wash his hands off the whole affair. And God says, hey, you have a responsibility. You are going to name him this. This is what he's going to accomplish. This is your responsibility in the whole thing. God was reestablishing and telling him this is what your role is. Let's read Matthew chapter 2 verses 13 to 15. Now when they, the wise men, had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt, I call my son. We look at this passage 
it's all about god warning joseph in a dream of the impending danger that would touch jesus's life god speaks in mysterious ways he first spoke about his responsibility he then speaks about uh, you know the warning of danger in their lives chapter 2 verses 19 to 22 this is what it says when herod died behold an angel of the lord appeared in a dream to joseph in egypt saying rise take the child and his mother go to the land of israel for those who sought the child's life are dead and he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of israel but when he heard that achilles was reigning over judea in place of his father herod he was afraid to go there and being warned in a dream he withdrew to the district of galilee the third time that god's word comes directly to joseph as the head of the home was when he needed him to go and relocate in a place where jesus would grow up he god was giving him a location in which to bring this boy up and he came back to galilee settled there jesus was thus called a nazarene um when you look at these three instances when there was direct mention of the word of god coming to joseph the response of joseph is interesting it says he immediately took in it it mentions that he literally packed up things overnight and fled he just obeyed what was told to him i want to ask the men who are listening right now when god gives you a word do you implicitly obey him have you been asking for for a word from god i believe he has a word for you but it requires that you will listen that you will quieten yourself and listen and when he gives you the word will you just get up and do what it says because that's what J- joseph did joseph had the responsibility of being an earthly father he didn't abandon that as tempted as he was to do that initially he stayed on and the beauty is that god blessed him for that god showed him what dangers were coming ahead and based on that he responded he moved i i wonder sometimes you know if if this happened in today's times if a man was to get a dream would he act on it as fast as this guy did i don't know but i think this is why god chose joseph for the task because he obeyed as soon as he heard the word what if god is saying something to you today as a man about your life about your future wife about the children that you have about your current spouse what has god been telling you have you been obedient to the word of god in your life we're now going to look at mary mary her story comes in luke chapter 1 verses 26 to 38 let's read that together in the 6th month the angel gabriel was sent from god to a city of galilee named nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was joseph of the house of david and the virgin's name was mary and he came to her and said greetings o favored one the lord is with you but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be and the angel said to her do not be afraid mary for you have found favor with god and behold you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name jesus he will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the lord god will give to him the throne of his father david and he will reign over the house of jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end and mary said to the angel how will this be since i am a virgin and the angel answered her the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you therefore the child to be born will be called holy the son of god 
and behold your relative elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with god and mary said behold i am the servant of the lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her what an amazing response when god gives us an assignment most often you know we either underplay ourselves we go into martyrdom we go into self pity or sometimes when god gives us a task too menial we we play up our qualifications we say you know what god you know how much i've accomplished you know how much i've studied and you're making me do this we either blow our trumpet or we go into the spectrum of self pity but look at mary's response i am the lord's servant may it be according to your word literal submission immediate submission she didn't understand it it didn't fit in with logic it didn't make sense there was no decorum to it it was going to be a moral um a dilemma but she just accepted god's calling and her life changed her life just became so different but yet she did it so i want to ask you ladies what has god been speaking to this whole year what has god been speaking to you what has he been reiterating to you through the word through his still small voice what has he been asking you to do and what is your response been have you been frozen in unbelief in worry in fear in doubt i ask that you would be like mary you will move from a place of fear and doubt to a place of faith and destiny because mary had to move both mary and joseph were fearful so let's not kid ourselves and say you know the minute i say i'm going to obey god it's going to be a fearless journey no we will be afraid but i think the call is that we will go scared we will move from our place of fear to faith we will move from our place of doubt to destiny as we looked at these two passages it's remarkable that obedience came so easily for these two young people even though i'm sure they counted the cost And so today if you're asking me I get what you're saying but why should I obey what is in it for me because all of us let's face it want something in it for us so I I believe you know there are three reasons why we must obey okay the first reason is because it pleases god it's that simple it pleases god psalm 143 verse 10 in the amplified reads teach me to do your will so that i may please you for you are my god let your good spirit lead me on level ground teach me to do your will so that i may please you like i said we know god's will from his word right we know god's will because of his nature we know god's will um because of just sensing his peace in our lives the important thing though is that we do his will to please him now you can rightly ask me but he died for me he loves me you already said that um he loves me as i am there's nothing i need to do for him to love me more or less which is 100% right it is the truth as we are he accepts us he loves us as we are there's nothing we can do to earn his uh, you know affection or love but like any good relationship you know any relationship it is built because of intimacy and this intimacy happens because we seek to please the other person you look at a marriage which is healthy the two the two in the marriage can't behave as if the other doesn't exist we do things that make the other person happy maybe if one is a foodie we we learn to cook and meet that need maybe maybe if one is an adventurer we learn to put up with camping and things we do things to please the other person why is it any different with god it shouldn't be i believe that 
we need to make it our aim to please god and and i like the way it, it mentions in certain things of putting a smile on god's face already god delights in us he delights in us each one of us as we are he delights in us but when we obey him it pleases him it because it it goes two ways you know like a parent i'm a parent um i set certain boundaries for my children okay let me not say boundaries it's almost like rules i have rules for them all three of them know the rules and the minute one of them breaks it there is there are consequences to that but the reason the consequences are in place is to protect the children not because i want to be a shrew not because i want to be a killjoy but because i want their welfare and so the, the promises of god are always linked to certain do's and don'ts and those have been given and instituted for my good and so when i honor that when i obey the word of god when i when he says do not commit adultery and i i stick to that i work hard i beat the temptation i stay faithful it pleases him when he says don't be greedy don't, don't charge interest on your loans when i live according to his word it puts a smile on his face he says i'm so proud of you right now i know you're not making anything out of the sale but i'm proud of you that's what it looks like because this is a relationship this is not a religion this is a relationship i love what author danny silk writes here he wrote a parenting book which changed the way i parent my children i read it when i just had one son and i remember then that he taught us how to protect the relationship between parent and child he said you know so often we are, we create a parenting environment of fear and demands and he said instead what if you changed it around and you protected each of your hearts you teach your children to protect your heart and you protect their heart because ultimately it's a, a relationship and he says this about Jesus and the kingdom he says in one fell swoop Jesus promoted relationship above the rules love and relationship are the bottom line of the kingdom which means that when i love jesus i seek to please him and i don't have to do anything massive i just need to obey him when he says you know what you don't need to talk right now don't say that harsh thing when i obey him it pleases him no end because i just obeyed you see what i'm saying it's a relationship and you know it's it's an ongoing one and where i learn as i get closer to him that there's some things that really break his heart but there's something that just you know make him so extra proud of me so i want to encourage you with this would you obey for the sole purpose of drawing closer to god of of knowing a little bit more about him because the beauty of it is this pleasing god when we do it to please god when we when we obey to please god he starts to confide in us more he starts to entrust more to us he starts to speak louder to us he gives gives us more clarity on things because he knows we have been obedient with little we'll be obedient with much that's the first thing that i need to obey because it pleases god there's an example in in the book of luke of a man who knew god who loved god but a relationship with god but unfortunately when the rubber hit the road He did one thing that displeased God. It's a story of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. You look at him, he's a priest. Um he's from the priestly clan. He's been serving in the temple and he on that occasion because of lot was chosen to go into the most holy of holies and he encounters the angel of the Lord. And when he gets a word about a child to be born to them in their old age, he fumbles it. He says, "How can this be? We are old." um and i think god expected something different of zechariah we don't know what exactly god expected but i believe that god saw something in zechariah he thought you know what this guy knows me 
he he knows my heart for people he knows who i am he knows how mighty how i can do the impossible why did he doubt and so there's an immediate punishment given to him the promise still comes through john the baptist is born he is mighty in word and deed but there was a small punishment that was attached to it zechariah was asked to be mute until the day that john was born and i was looking at that and i thought about myself so many times how many times has my subtle disobedience prevented me from enjoying this relationship i have with my father i don't stop being saved he doesn't just chuck me in a dark room and you know ignore me not at all but there's this joy that comes when there's nothing separating both of us and that happens when we choose to obey so first thing I'd like to encourage you to obey him because it pleases him. The second reason as to why I believe we must obey God wholeheartedly implicitly is because it invites the Holy Spirit's work into our lives. Acts chapter 5 verse 32 in the New Living Translation says this, we are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. Let's let me read that again because I don't know whether you got that. We are witnesses of these things. and so is the holy spirit who is given by god to those who obey him so the the first sign of obedience is actually salvation in accepting jesus you immediately have access to the holy spirit which is amazing but i believe this is an ongoing thing of of obeying the lord on a daily basis and that's when the holy spirit gets more room you know he's just getting warmed up he wants to do more in our lives i was reading my uh, daily bread this week and i came across this interesting story which i thought was so apt for this particular point um they they had interviewed a person who's a cheese gardener so basically a cheese gardener is someone who works on curing cheeses so your blue cheese and you know all the other fancy camembert and you know blue cheese and all of those are actually done by these gardeners so he was explaining his process and what they do is they basically take cheese they keep it before it goes to stores before it's sold commercially they keep it in underground caves for about 6 to 12 months okay and they don't just leave it be because of course things will grow on it but they keep it in this moist underground chamber carefully tend to it over those months they adjust the humidity they tend to it so that the flavor and the texture of the cheese is just perfect and the reason they do this, this is what the gardener himself says he said the reason we do it is so that we will bring out the best potential of that cheese isn't that what the holy spirit does on us over months over years the minute we are saved over the next many years he works on us and the more we obey the more the holy spirit gets to work on us and bring out the greatest potential of our lives why would we prevent that from happening why would i choose disobedience over obedience because i want more of the holy spirit right don't you want more of the holy spirit that requires obedience obedience is the first point for that we need to come to a place of saying if i want more of the holy spirit i need to obey him right now i need to open myself up and that happens when we systematically choose to obey it sometimes starts with the smallest things like i said it just could be you know i want to get more disciplined about my quiet time i've just been letting it go i kind of just you know i take the verse of the day for the whole day but i think i need to you know i think god's asking me to settle down in a space and just read his word and meditate on it simple acts of obedience the minute you do that the minute you do that it sets the environment for the holy spirit to begin his work on your life we're living in times when it's going to get harder to survive without the holy spirit's help we're living in times which are um 
very, very tense on so many levels. Without the Holy Spirit's help, we will mess it up. Without the Holy Spirit's help, we could fail morally. We could fail ethically. We could fail in our businesses. We could fail in our callings. We need him. This is not the time to say, you know what? I'm, I'm good. I don't need the Holy Spirit. I've got this sorted. Not at all. Your obedience will initiate his work in your life. The beauty about the Holy Spirit is that like that cheese gardener who so carefully tends the cheese, bringing out its flavors, the Holy Spirit shapes us. He, he allows situations in our life which will make us better. He will speak life over the dead areas of our life. He will reveal things in our life that need change. And he's not done with any of us. Till we close our eyes in death, he's working on us. We are a work in progress. But will you choose to obey so that he can come in and do his beautiful work in our lives? That's the second thing. The third thing I believe is that he, when we obey God, it brings blessing on us. And I know, know what you're thinking. You're like, that's the point I wanted to hear. That's the point I like. Psalm 128 verses 1 to 4 says this, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. A lot of times in our Indian um, setups, we have this psalm read to us during a house dedication. Or when we you know, set up a new home, we call a pastor. They usually preach from this passage. But I want to encourage anyone who's watching today, whether you're single, married, divorced, or separated, whatever your situation is, I want you to look at verse 2. Verse 1 and 2, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. There's a condition. We want the promise without the condition. But here's the very important condition. Who walk in obedience? Is your lifestyle one of obedience to God? Then blessing and prosperity follow. So often we wonder, God, why am I not blessed in this area? Why are we generationally stuck in a financial rut? Why do we have this horrible ailment that is not leaving us? While we cannot always attribute it to disobedience, there is a time when we must come to this place of saying, Lord, is there any disobedience in my life? Because I want to reap the benefits of obeying you. And that's what it says here. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. I remember there was a season when we had finished studying abroad and we had come back to India and God had directed us to move to Mumbai. And um, it was a, a very quick move uh, because we had just moved back from Australia and we were making another move within the country. And we had to pack all our stuff up from Chennai and move to Mumbai. And uh, my husband had gone earlier to set up the house for us. And I was in Chennai with the children. And he was in Mumbai when a pastor, visiting pastor had come in. He'd come in from the States and he was spending time uh, with Geshom over lunch with a whole group. But he got some time alone with Geshom and he was just speaking to Geshom. And Geshom, I think, must have been heavy hearted. You know, we're making this ship. We don't know what's ahead. It's just been, you know, obeying God. God had said, go there and we're going. Um, and we had no clarity. We don't know what we were doing. We had three children to consider. Mumbai is one of the most expensive cities in India to live in. Um, and so we were worried. We, we had a lot of doubts. And this pastor just, you know, spent about 10 minutes talking to Geshom. And this is what he said. And it's never left me. He said, Geshom, it's great that you obeyed God. It's great that you obeyed his call to come here. 
So believe me, there's going to be blessings that follow. Don't think you're going to see the blessings immediately, but the blessings are going to come. The first thing is to obey God and you've done that. So just trust him. And you won't believe that year was a year when we were taught. I think when we look back on it now, we realize that through the hardships of that one year, our third son, because he was born in Australia, brought there, he was sick the whole year because of the pollution. He was sick. He had, we look at our medical bills of that time. It was ridiculous. Um, it was a hard season, but it was a very fruitful season. It was a blessed time and we made friends from all kinds of backgrounds. We got to work in an NGO. Uh, we got to serve in a church. There were so many upsides. And on the surface of it, we didn't see it at the time. We didn't see it at the time, but God was planting seeds of blessing in some of the most barren times of our life. There was anonymity. There was a distance from family. There was sickness. There was a lot of heartache, but God moved so beautifully. But it required us to first obey. I remember a couple of years later, a friend of ours from Australia called us and he was just talking to us and he asked us, was the Mumbai move a mistake? Did you guys hear God wrong? Because, you know, one year into Mumbai, God said, move back to Chennai. And it seemed like a joke for us. We're like, God, what are you doing? And then I realized that this was God checking Hey, Geshwam and Christine, would you do what I ask you to do? It might look ridiculous to other people, but will you listen to me? And so we moved back to Chennai and this friend asked us, you know, did you make a mistake? Did you hear God wrong? And we could confidently say we didn't. God had some plan. Maybe we don't see the whole picture right now, but he did something in that time. And the blessings which he began pouring out then have not stopped now because the dreams we dreamed then are coming to fruition now. So can I urge you, if God is saying to you, get up, move, this is not the job for you. I've been putting something else on your heart, do that. Or maybe God has been saying, go back to your spouse. She's your first love. Go back. Maybe it's going to be hard to go back, but if he's asking you to do it, do it. Maybe God is saying it's time to meet those estranged relatives Make amends because life is too short. Maybe God has been putting that on your heart. What has God been asking you to do that you have been saying, Lord, not now? Delayed obedience is complete disobedience, someone once said. Can we be quick to obey him? Because first of all, it pleases him. Second of all, it invites the Holy Spirit in and allows him to do his work. And third of all, it brings blessing on us. So often we want the blessing. But we don't want to do the, the obedience part because that feels like the hard thing. But can I tell you this? After almost um, 12 years in active ministry for God, Geshom and I can close our eyes and say this. When God says, get up, go, we will do it. Because we've seen the incredible blessing in just obeying him, at taking him at his word. And so I encourage you today that you will choose to obey him. Mary and Joseph didn't have it easy. Obedience didn't was hard for them. It was costly. Think about it. It meant ridicule, expulsion, exclusion, inconvenience. Yet they went ahead and obeyed. Also think about this. Sometimes, you know, our prayers for, for certain issues around us, we become the answers for that. Mary and Joseph, along with the entire remnant of the Jewish community, must have been praying and asking for that promised Messiah. Can you believe that God chose them to bring forth that Messiah? So a lot of times in your obedience, you will be the answer to your own prayers. Maybe God has been breaking your heart for someone or something. He might just use you if you will open yourself up to be obedient to him. 
So as I close, this is what I want to ask you. If any of you have been feeling like I'm not moving forward, I've come to the end of this year, I am literally against a wall. I feel like there's no movement in my life. Maybe, just maybe, this may not be the whole reason, but maybe there has been some disobedience in your life. And God desires to bless you more. He already loves you. Mark this, that he does not bless us because of what we do. He blesses us in spite of who we are and what we do. But there is something added. There is a bonus that comes in obeying him. The rewards are plenty. Will you choose to obey him? Even as we just pray right now, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer of repentance. If you say, yes, there has been disobedience in my life. He asked me to renounce some things. I've not done it. He asked me to cut some ties. I've not done it. He told me to end certain things. I've not done it. And I can see there's a lack of blessing in my life. I can see there is a lack of peace. There's a lack of joy. Can I ask today that you will pray this with me? Father, I just ask that you will forgive us. If there's any disobedience in my life or in anyone's life right now, we just repent of it, Lord. Bring it to mind. Bring it to mind, Lord. Whatever it is that has displeased you, which has hurt your heart, we want to know of it, Lord. And we are ready to obey you today. We are ready to do what you say. Where you say we need to go, we'll go, Lord. What you ask us to say, we will say. When you ask us to be silent, we'll be silent, Father. I pray that you would help us. Holy Spirit, we give you room to do your marvelous work on us, to shape us and mold us and bring us to our full capability. I pray that you would help us. We pray, Lord, right now, if anyone has been sensing there is a block of blessing, where blessing has not come in, where they've been praying and praying and praying, Lord, but nothing is happening. I pray that you will give them a fresh revelation of where they're at, what you require of them. I pray that you would help us obey you, Lord, because you are a sovereign God. You know best and you're a good God and you do good, Lord. And I pray that we will come to this place of complete submission and surrender to you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I believe that, you know, when we choose obedience again and again, it becomes a lifestyle. It's not a one-off thing. I don't just, I can't just say, you know, I obeyed God in 2017. That was the last time I obeyed him. That's a problem. It needs to be my lifestyle. Hear his word. Listen for his voice. Spend time with him. You'll just know what's on his heart for you. And gradually obedience just becomes a way of life for you. So can I encourage you as you enter another week that you will bring heaven into your earth every single day by those simple acts of obedience. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.